When you grow a garden with Schultz products, you reap a bountiful crop of benefits for your customer and your business. The signature dropper applicator allows you to feed every time you water. Just seven drops per quart of water delivers vital micronutrients every time you feed. Schultz liquid plant food is available through hardware co-ops and lawn and garden distributors nationwide. For more information, go to knoxvert.com Schultz. Hi there, my name is Melanie Mowell and I am the communications manager for the North American Hardware and Paint Association and you're listening to the Taking Care of Business podcast. Um, On today's episode, we have a friend of the podcast and of NHPA, Dave King. He is the executive director of the Home Improvement Research Institute. Uh, Welcome to the show, Dave. Thanks for being with us in this kind of end of year celebratory episode. Very uh, glad to be here. It's an exciting time to be in home improvement, to understand what's going on in the industry. There's so much change, so much yeah. influx right now that I, I think we're going to have a fun uh, uh, conversation today on those topics. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, let's start off by going back a couple of months. Um, I had the privilege to attend the HERI Summit back in September. Um, It was my first time going to the event. It's a great place where a lot of people from a lot of different areas of the home improvement industry come together to kind of talk about what they're seeing and and how they're succeeding in the home improvement industry. Um, So Dave, tell me me about the summit because it was your first summit as well this year, right? It was my first summit as executive director. So I've been oh, involved sure, yeah. in for about six years as a board member. And then just uh, the organization I worked for, we were just members of HERI benefiting from the research. And I joined as executive director a little over a year ago. So it was the first summit. And what a great summit. I was so thrilled with the efforts of everyone involved in putting the show on. Um, largest attendance in recent past. You know, we've been around for over 40 years. We've been doing the summit for quite a, a number of years. Uh, the pandemic threw some some wrenches in in uh, our plans for for some of that growth. But as we've we've rebuilt, we attendance was almost 50 percent higher than just last year. Yeah, it was a great group this year. And and yeah, the thing I'm even more proud about is is just the the lineup of speakers that we mm-hmm. we. we front of the group and the audience that we had there was a very high caliber group that really had a lot of great conversations as I understand it. Yeah, yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, some of the things that kind of came out of that event and and maybe kind of what you're doing with it uh, going into 2024? Yeah, that, um, you know, really... It's been a minute, so I know it's hard to think <laughs> back. <laughs> but I feel like uh, 2022 was the year of availability. If you have labor and you have materials, you're busy, you're working, you're getting stuff done. If you're a homeowner and you've landed a contractor that is available with product to to install, you're happy things are getting done. And then 2023 rolls around and things just get more uncertain. Mm -hmm. And uncertainty kills action. Sure. I made a comment just earlier this week to an organization where I said, you know, I almost feel like it'd be better to be pessimistic than, than unsure. <laughs> uh, just from a planning, pr- like I can plan around pessimism, but I can't plan around uncertainty. And sure. if the theme of 22 was availability, the, the theme of 23, I feel like was largely around price. Everybody just mm. got more cost conscious. 
Yeah, sure. Part of it has to do with the fact that prices have just been going up and up and up. You know, inflation was talked about and realized and felt by the everyday American, by every one of us. And across the spectrum, you know, the affluent individuals, they're doing less expensive projects. So mm. all of us are feeling the effects of inflation. And uh, I feel like as we look towards 24, that uncertainty, where, where 23 was really about price, like we still have some money, we, we have some pandemic savings, we still, uh, our financial picture is, is actually quite better than pre-pandemic. Mm. So work was still happening and it was just uh, uh, um, a lot more cost conscious. I'm tired. I, I'm fed up with all of these price increases. I don't want to spend so much. I want to do this on my terms at my dollar and, and gosh darn it, I want good customer service while, while it happens. Sure. I feel like 2024, you have, you, you have the continuation of financial pictures are getting worse, still better than pre-pandemic today. But th this recognition that we're more likely to be headed into a recession, like we have been calling a recession, we as all the forecasters out there, have been sure, calling yeah. a, a, a recession felt by the, the population ever since the two-month recession in 2020. <laughs> and I think <laughs> I got fed up. Like, okay, guys, like, quit telling me there's going to be a recession that's eminent because you said that last year and the year before and it didn't happen. And now I think it, like we're actually at a point where it's about to happen. <laughs> sure. Sure. So were there any highlights in 2023, I guess is the follow-up question to that. We'd like to kind of end the year on, on looking back at, at some of, some of the bright spots that were in the industry. Ooh. First and foremost, the resiliency of home improvement and of mm -hmm. pro backlogs. Now, there was a point, you know, I had windows done and it was six months from order to install. Mm. And those days, I don't feel like we're in those days anymore. Uh, sure, sure. Is, 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 a, is certainly a bit better. Availability of labor and materials are more readily available. Backlogs are, 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 are less than they were. But when I think of 23, I think about in, in the face of uh, pricing concerns and uncertainty, the sheer volume of home improvement done is, is shocking, I, 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 surprising. Yeah. I, I would have simply anticipated that people, given the level of concern and uncertainty that they had, that they would have pulled, the, pulled back sooner. But part of that has to do with, you know, if you look at contractor backlogs, people they were waiting months. They'd set aside the money. They had figured out yeah. how they're going to pay for it, whatever it might be. And it was, it's now my turn. I'm not going to now back off. And so yeah. the resiliency. And I, I think as we look more at, at home improvement overall, home improvement or the remodel and repair part of things as a, a, a percentage of the total building product spend or the total investment into residential with each year, it's it's taking a bigger and bigger percent of the total. Uh, NH, uh, NAHB put out some some data that suggests uh, twenty years ago is thirty one percent of total residential spend. Now R and R is forty two percent was the last number I saw. Hmm. And so that, okay. that consistency, I think, is good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we talked about some of the highlights. We talked about some of the challenges and we talked a little bit about, um, you know, what's kind of on on the forecast for for 2024. Um, you, you were you're talking about this, you know, 
renovation and residential and, and the backlog on contractors is, is, is kind of clearing up. Um, but what's left in people's homes to actually renovate? People did so many projects. Um, and, and I, you know, some of the stuff that came out of, of the Heary Summit was that people are pulling back from those kitchen remodels, those bathroom remodels. People have already done their backyards to make those spaces awesome to stay at home. Um, so, so what are kind of those pending projects that you think people might take on in 2024? Man, there are so many uh, uh, arguably conflicting thoughts I'm having. So, you know, for the, the last couple years, you could plan. I, um, if you forget the very small window of time when everyone thought the world was ending when the pandemic first started, and then, you know, home improvement, everybody revised their, uh, many organizations revised their forecasts drastically lower, and then a couple months later, drastically higher. Like, absent those months, we've been able to do a fairly good job as an industry to say, we can plan on strong growth for the next 12 months. And I think even a year ago, when we looked at 2023, we could say fairly confidently that you can plan on fairly even business in 2023. Now that's across aggregated across verticals. There, there are certain verticals that saw higher acceleration and now higher deceleration uh, specific to their product category. But collectively, we, we had a good understanding. We were right about what 2023 would look like by year end. With 2024, I think we have to all shrink the horizon by which we can say confidently what is going to happen. So if we 2024, I have a feeling we're going to revise our forecast down. And I might be wrong. It could be up. There are so many things that could translate to uh, revising up. But there are more things out there that could have us revising our forecasts down. And so as it relates to there, uh, Mark Richardson, a great individual, made this comment just this week to me. He said he's really encouraging the leaders he works with to take a one quarter horizon of really articulated plans in place. And then adjust as things change, because there's simply going to be more adjustment, more room and more likelihood of adjustment than the last several years. So when we get into specific building product categories, one of, it reminds me of an experience I had when I was very naive in thinking that I was just going to do this one little project and call it done. You know, we were, our house was what it was, and I just want to do this one project. And I did that project. Then I looked and everything else looked less appealing because one thing was shiny and new. I have been surprised by the resiliency and the willingness to keep remodeling. Uh, so much was done in 21 and so much was done in 2022. And 2023 was flat after the highest two growth years in recent past. That is shocking. Like, what are you doing? I, I, like, you just you just spent, I thought, all your money in what, 21 and 22, and yet you're still sure. doing it. We know people that do home improvement do more home improvement. The, um, the rate at which work mm -hmm. is done is, is, is a shockingly high number. And I don't remember the exact percentage, but it was very, very high. So my, my somewhat smug answer is, well, I guess whatever you didn't prioritize <laughs> before. <laughs> Sure, sure, sure. Do you think then that people are spending, they're investing their money still in those projects, but the but the 
quality or like the higher tier of the materials they're using is going to be a little lower. So they're going for that mid-tier instead of the high tier. Yeah, I, I think you're on to something there. And I, the way I like to think about it is you first look at all the, the, the type of work being done and break everything out by emergen- emergency versus discretionary. Emergency, mm-hmm. it has to happen. No matter, it just does. Mm-hmm. You know, your roof's leaking. You got to have it, uh, it done. And so th- that's part of the resiliency is why, why we see stronger numbers in the R&R side relative to, let's say, new construction. However, sure. there's categories, let, take window replacement, hmm. where like your windows, unless it, the pane of glass is physically broken, you might not have to do it. Sure. But unequivocally, you got those single pane with the leaded glass, you know, <laughs> you are just bleeding money month to month. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's, if it's in that gray category where, yeah, I think people are going to do window replacement a little bit less than they yeah. would have normally just because they want to hold on to this uncertain time. I just want to hold on to my cash a little bit. And so if we break it up into um, the affluent and everyone else, I think you're going to see skew more towards um, DIY with a mitigating factor of the fact that you've got backlog still with contractors and hey i've mm-hmm. got one now it's time to get it done i'm gonna do it but overall i th- i think um you're going to see more sitting on the the sidelines a, sure. a good example um would be you know you might have a sales process uh for homeowners uh, that's in in person versus a, a virtual one and mm-hmm. historically a, a, a homeowner is just going to take whatever they can get like it, I'll sign on the dot, dotted line. I just want to get the job done. And now it's going to be much more. I want you to cater to my way of doing things. I prefer virtual. Mm-hmm. I prefer in person. If you mm-hmm. can do it the way I want to, I might move forward. But if you don't give me what I want, I'm f- I am more willing today to sit on the sideline than in the past. And so I, with the affluent, I think that rather than the ultra premium, they're going with the premium option. And we've got mm-hmm. some good data to, to, that supports that. It just says, we're not taking the most expensive where that's what it's been the last couple of years. We're willing, sure. you know, we'll put in the nicest of the nice because I feel rich. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, a little more conservative. I'm just going to come down a notch. Still above your, your standard uh, product and definitely above builder grade. Whereas your entry level, uh, people are just... I think it is, there are so many things competing for their finances. Yeah. Um, there's a wonderful woman, Jane, from, from Google that this week, she ma- made this call out of like, do I go to the Beyonce or Taylor Swift or uh, concert <laughs> or do I remodel you know, my house? And what I think is, is how can I possibly get both? Sure. And I think on, especially the non-affluent, you're going to see much more of a willingness of, I am willing to forego on quality or these other things to make it happen because the alternative is to not do it at all. And I don't like that option. I do still want it because sure. fundamentally people value housing and home improvement, their homes more than mm-hmm. they did the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. So you talked a little bit about um, anticipating, re, you know, adjusting your, your projections or, or your analysis going into 2024. So, so tell us about what, what you are anticipating as far as growth for the industry for, for the next year or so. Um, and, and can you, if you can talk us through kind of your, your process for how you make those, those analyses. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think as, as, as business leaders, we love to 
bucket things into, is it a growth year? Is it a flat year? Mm -hmm. Or is it a decline year? Now, if we were to say it's a growth year and it's somewhere between 10 and 15 or 10 and 20%, I feel like a lot of business leaders are just able to say, strong growth year. We're planning for growth. Let's move. And then, and then mm -hmm. they calculate based on that range. But if I were to say in 2024, we're going to be plus or minus 3% from zero. <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, that, that's a 6% bandwidth. And if you're growing 4%, that might mean you are gaining market share or losing. So it does matter. Sure. But I think when we talk, are we up or down at the end of 24 compared to the end of 2023? I think the answer is we're plus or minus a couple percentage points from zero mm -hmm. and to plan accordingly. Plan that collectively, your vertical could be down a couple percent. It could be up, highly dependent on the vertical. Typically, verticals that are lower dollar size, more emergency spend are going to be more resilient in 2024 as price concerns become a bigger issue and uncertainty, especially if we do formally move into a recession, which sure. our current view is that that is uh, the likely outcome in 2024. Yeah, yeah. To the second part of your question, which is how we calculate um, our size of the industry, we have incredible partners over at S&P Global. They have built a proprietary model for Heary. Only way to get it is, is through Heary. <laughs> and it's through this collaboration. I was just with them this last week out in DC, and we were talking about how we're going to take this model and enhance it and deliver even more value to our member base. But um, this model, it's great. It takes into consideration roughly 50 macroeconomic variables. It's an econometric model. So it's very quant. So if I have this theory that, you know, aliens are coming down from, from Mars and they're going to impact home improvement, there is no way for me to impact our forecast. <laughs> and so there's, there's a downside to that, which is if I have a theory that I really stand behind in the near term, then I'm not going to catch that big swing that I might be predicting. However, the flip side of that, our model is incredibly good at being stable and consistent. We don't catch the extremes, but we also don't then revise down or up from those extreme values. We are, I would argue, the, the best source for a five-year building product forecast in the industry where consistency and reliability really matter. And it's because of these 50 different variables or so that we use. And one of the, the things that SMP really delivers on as a strategic partner, research partner of ours, is that they have a lot of really bright people forecasting out five years across a whole range of variables. So interest rates and inflation being two. They have mm -hmm. great, smarter people than me making five-year predictions. And those predictions feed into our model, making it better, mm -hmm. making it just fine-tuned in that year three a little bit better than I think a lot of the other models that are out there. And it's, yes. it's definitely part of the secret sauce of, of what we have to offer our member base. So if... If that kind of information is available only through a Heary membership, what else can people get with the Heary membership? This is your this is your pitch moment, Dave. <laughs> so I'll keep it brief because I, I much rather listen to people's needs than than see how we can meet those needs. But we are uh, the nonprofit 
research organization of home improvement. We are incredibly cost effective, not by intent. I don't want to say intent, like we're not trying to be cheap, but we are, <laughs> I would argue, the best value in town. It's it's 15K for a membership. It's annual. It's enterprise-wide. It does not matter what size. It does not matter how many users you want accessing the data. And you get the data as a hearing member. We might do research on pros um, looking at different revenue sizes, but you really want to know high revenue female installers. Mm-hmm. You get our data, the actual raw data, and you can filter and look at it any way you want. And that is a very unique proposition, which allows you to cater your very specific questions, leveraging our data to your very specific needs. Now, our research fits into two big buckets. We have our forecasting research and our forecast is valuable. Equally as valuable is our driver's analysis. We write 20 pages of analysis for what is driving home improvement. So if you're an organization that's that's trying to understand what's happening and separately but similarly, but you also want to be viewed as an expert, leverage this set of deliverables. Our drivers of home improvement is really helpful when you're trying to be an expert in the industry. Now, the other half is we survey exhaustively. I think it's 100,000 ends. I don't remember the exact end size. It is staggering how many homeowners and pros we speak to each and every year. And our goal is to be comprehensive in the attitudes and behaviors of homeowners and pros in what's going on in home improvement, building product spend, channel activity, all of these sort of things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So all of that, what else is going on for Hiri in 2024, Dave? I, I presume you've got a summit on the books um, and that's uh, the planning for that is in the works, but, but what are you excited about? So uh, um, I am excited for our summit next year. Uh, we're <laughs> almost 50% bigger, uh, as mentioned earlier, and I think we'll be 50% bigger this year. The speaker lineup that we're going to have in 2024 is going to be exceptional. We had a great speaker lineup, mm-hmm. uh, but we, we changed. Uh, we're, we're planning on changing our format in a way that is going to increase the engagement and the applicability to each and every person that's there in person. Uh, sure. Stated another way, we're going to get more granular. We're going to have more speakers speaking for mm-hmm. less time, which is going to force all of us as, as presenters to really focus in on the most impactful message we have to give, mm-hmm. we're simply going to have more of those nuggets throughout the, um, it's, it's, it's one, it's, um, second half of one day, first half of the next day. So you fly in one day, you fly home the next, you're only gone from your family one day and you are going to hear a lot of expertise. So that's what I'm excited for on the summit front. But what really gets me jazzed is what we're doing on the research front, which is manifested in the summit, but on the research front, Roughly 70, 80% of our research are tracking studies. So equally as important as what you're asking is what's happening over time. So many of these studies that we do as organizations, it's I, re- I have these questions. I want to go ask them. I go and I ask them. I get the answers. And it's really interesting. And almost universally, the next question is, well, how is this changing? Yeah. Theory excels because because of our long storied history, 42 years, soon to be 43 years of home improvement research. We have studies that go back to the nineties that we're still doing today. Mm -hmm. And we allow for that comparison. With that being said, 
we have identified some really great opportunities that I think really exhibit thought leadership. And it's not just by me. We have the most incredible board of directors. They're all from our members. They have put forth tremendous thought leadership on how to evolve our research in a way that maximizes value and does things in a way that honestly, a lot of organizations simply wish we were doing things. And I'll give you one great example. Sure. When you think about project activity, like it's a great indicator of what's going on in the industry. Are people doing more or less projects? Well, Melanie, a project to you and a project to me might mean very different things. We we saw some data where one person said, I, I did a home improvement project. Well, what'd you do? I put in a few light bulbs. I swapped out a few <laughs> of the and I put in LED. And she, that definitely could be a project, especially if it's sure. for the whole house. But is that the same thing as the, the, the family that just did an addition on the home that did one project, the addition? Mm-hmm. Well, look, comparisons of like average project spend. Holy cow, if those are both considered the same thing, how do we interpret a shift from $1,500 average to $1,600? Is that even meaningful? Sure. With the way the industry collectively has been looking at it, it makes it very hard to say this is a meaningful difference in the research that's out there. So we have come out with a new approach that I think is going to knock people's socks off and give them so much more. And we're not even taking that much more time of a homeowner or a pro to get what we need to deliver significantly more value to our member base. I'm not going to jump into the specifics because it's a rabbit hole, but I will say <laughs> anybody listening, reach out to me. I will gladly share what we're doing because as an industry, I think we should be doing this. And here he certainly is going to be leading that effort and how we are doing it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, if if all the listeners out there enjoyed hearing uh, Dave talk a little bit about what Kiri does and, and what they're seeing in the industry, um, you'll be able to see a little bit more of that in our market measure report that launches in January. So we definitely appreciate Kiri's support of that. Um, and Dave, where can, where can they find you elsewhere? Yeah. So, uh, you know, the easiest thing is just go to Kiri.org. You fill out any of those forms and I've asked that all of those come to me. So that's how you can get in touch with me directly. My email is dking at heary.org. Um, we, I am so focused on our research that I try to minimize things that take me away from enhancing the breadth, the depth, the quality of our research. And so you won't find me on Twitter. I won't be posting on the most <laughs> recent thing. I'm certainly listening and certainly applying the, the things I'm hearing to our research but uh, realistically, it's our website. It's me. And I am on LinkedIn. You can certainly find me there. Uh, we do try to post content on LinkedIn specifically. We find mm-hmm. it to be a great avenue to connecting with, with organizations that we can really deliver a lot of value to. The last yeah. thing I want to say is thank you to the NHPA and to you, Melanie. We are so grateful for our partnership and our relationship we have. The thought leadership and overall, just what you guys are doing has been inspiring for me as the leader of a, a nonprofit research organization. The conference you guys put on in, was it Austin? Uh, Dallas, yeah. Yeah. yeah Dallas, excuse me. It is Texas. And it was hot. <laughs> And what was so great about that is it was compelling to stay inside and and you guys absolutely delivered on great content. The feedback I got from those that were there was so positive. They thought, I'm just glad to be associated with this group in one way or another. So thank you for having me today. 
Yeah, we appreciate that. Stay tuned. We hope to have news about our 2024 event shortly. So uh, an invitation is extended, of course. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for, for hearing, for the support. Um, and, and thanks for chatting with me today. My pleasure. Have a good day.